people who are hosting are not necessarily experts in something. It's about opening up a space to talk about the questions that you have, the decisions that you're making, a feeling that's come up for you. So it's very community driven. You know those kinds of conversations where you're completely dropped in, listening deeply with your whole being engaged, and something in the exchange opens a new possibility in you, where you feel seen or a new thought occurs. The right kind of social touch points, relationships, are vital to our mental and physical health. And it's not just close ties like marriages and children or best friends. It's that, hey, how are you at the coffee shop or the dog park? It's that community cleanup project you jump in to help with. It's that dinner party where your friend is playing his new songs for the group. It's belonging. And could it also be nourishing conversations with relative strangers in an app? And what makes a nourishing conversation anyway? I'm Christine Marie Mason, your host, and I'm so pleased today to welcome the wise and thoughtful founder of Quilt, Ashley Sumner. She's a heartfelt creatrix striving an online conversation community that's all about the supportive connection. So let's see what she has to say and maybe even learn what makes a good question anyway. Quilt, as you'll know when you go and try them, is an audio social network at this point, an app. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Tell me about the original Quilt, You know why you founded it, and what that was all about. I've been building community professionally for over a decade. My, my particular story is a lot of my work um, before Quilt was really centered around um, centralized physical spaces. So I did a lot of community building for social clubs, for retreats and yoga studios, for social impact conferences. Um, And along that journey, I felt really inspired to think about how we could use technology as a way to decentralize these really powerful experiences so that more people could have access to them. Otherwise, you know, when when you use physical space that is centralized, it can be expensive, it's hard to get to, it's hard to get into. Um, And so along that journey and that desire, I met my former co-founder in, in, I guess I'll call it Quilt 1.0 for the sake of this conversation, Gianna, who had started a co-working space for women out of a home. And us coming together, we were very much uh, on on the same page uh, as far as you know why we were why we cared so much around bringing people together, and we ended up coming together and coming up with an idea that sparked Quilt, which was you know just a hypothesis: Would people want to open up their homes as community centers and spaces for shared experiences and intimate conversations? And that's really what we built um, for a few years up until up until 2020, when I became uh, not only a solo founder, um, but then Quilt evolved because, and I'm, I'm sure we'll get into this, but because um, with the pandemic, strangers stopped gathering in homes. And so it was a really unique opportunity to reimagine Quilt, our, our purpose and the mission for what we're doing here. I, I love that you articulated as decentralized sharing. That seems to be evocative of the way it used to be, like people would gather in each other's homes. You had a much more uh, hearth or tribal orientation. You knew all your neighbors. Uh, but that's you know part of the sort of modern condition of work kind of went away. You had a lot of reach with that, a lot of participants, um, even even in the live format. Can you how, how many people ended up joining before before the COVID thing hit? I believe the community hosted over 4,000 gatherings out of homes um, over the course of two years. 
So, and a, and a gathering typically had about 10 people. Yeah. And then I, I did a few of those, like we did a co-working one. We did one when we were initially launching Rosebud. I went to a couple of holiday events with your group. I remember. Yeah. The, the joint energy was really one of upliftment and it didn't, it never felt like there was somebody up on stage and you were talking at a group. It was always more of a peer-to-peer connection, collaboration with everyone leaning into the attitude of how can I help, which I really loved. That seems to be part of your ethos from the beginning. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I've always been someone who I, who hasn't, who's wanted to remove some of the ego and the status and the performative nature of coming together and allow community to really be a, a place where we support each other and we play you know, we play different roles and sometimes, sometimes we can offer the support. Sometimes we can, we can ask for support, but making sure that status isn't something that feels like we're comparing ourselves to one another. That seems to be a pretty um, key component to communication and community anyway. So let's, let's, uh, let's take me back. So you've started this thing, you and Gianna are successful. Um, she decides to go do something else. You're solo founder. And then does the audio component come before COVID or after? Like what was the evolution and how did that decision come to be? In the beginning of 2020, before before COVID really hit, we started testing digital um, because something that I had heard from the community was, you know, I would quilt for an hour a day if I could, right? So getting in a car, you know, getting dressed, getting in a car, an LA crossing to 405, whatever it was, um, wasn't really allowing for the amount of quilting, really this verb of coming together for this daily practice to be in community, be in conversation as a form of self-care. That's really the thing that was so powerful for me and so connected to my purpose and, and the why behind the work that we were doing. And when I had that opportunity to say, okay, like, you know, as the solo founder of this business now, what's my specific why and what's the impact I've seen Quilt 1.0 have? So we started testing, we started testing digital and, you know, we tested everything from forums to video uh, to audio and audio was such a clear winner for our community. We definitely needed synchronous and conversation back and forth, real-time conversation. So forums, you know, Facebook groups and forums were kind of out um, and then video was unique. It was, you know, it was, it was hard because some people wanted video on, some didn't. People would say, hey, you know, I can't make it because I don't feel like getting ready. Um, you know, if you're in your feelings or your emotions on something, uh, it might not feel as comfortable. And then it's not as, it isn't as frictionless because you have to sit down, you have to prepare, you have to have, you know, your camera or your phone in front of you. Whereas audio, you can really be walking and talking, navigating, you know, waking up, you could be cooking, you could be commuting, as we've learned, you could be taking a bath <laughs> on, on quilt. And so that really was like such a clear um, level of inspiration from the community itself. And then, you know, I've spent a lot of time in my life. Um, I spent a lot of time in therapy. It's something I was very I felt strongly about as a, as a kid, I asked to go to therapy when I was 14 and I've consistently gone to therapy or worked with different um, coaches over the years. And one of the things I do is look up. I don't make eye contact because it's, it really helps when I'm opening up. Um, and I thought, okay, well, video, two-dimensional video um, certainly makes you feel like you have to make eye contact, but you don't know with whom. So audio just became like a hands down clear winner for the evolution of quilt. 
even the languaging around that, about how to make it frictionless. And even this thing about the get the pressure to get ready, the pressure to commute and and just being able to be in the moment seems like such a revolution. So you you were doing this and at the same time a few other audio apps emerged pretty much concurrently. I would say like obviously Clubhouse is the one that has reached such critical mass so quickly. How do you see the way you're approaching it as different than those other parties? Yeah, so there are different ones, right? So you have Clubhouse, which is very much an open technology platform. I wouldn't say it's a community. It's, it hasn't designed itself to be a community. It's saying everything is welcome here. And it's it's re- kind of requiring the community, the people that are on the platform to kind of fend for themselves, if you will, very similar to like a Facebook or a Twitter or an Instagram. Um, and then you have like the locker room, right? Which is sports focused. Twitter spaces is obviously getting a go at it. We keep hearing about these other formats. And so for us, like we're very much focused around self-care. So I say when you're quilting, it's it's like you're in someone's home or backyard. It's like you're on a retreat. It's like you're in a coffee shop. So quilting is not about a stage and an audience. We're not We're not a broadcasting platform. Um, it's very interactive. It's highly participatory. People who are hosting are not necessarily experts in something. It's about opening up a space to talk about the questions that you have, the decisions that you're making, a feeling that's come up for you. So it's very community driven. Um, and I'm I'm excited about the fact that audio is being used because if we think about all of these consumer platforms, you think video, photos, forums, you know, Think about Quora, think about Reddit, think about Facebook, think about Twitter, think about stories, which is on Instagram and Snapchat and LinkedIn. They're just a feature. And audio is a feature that has is having a really strong moment that I'm super excited about, uh, particularly with, you know, we have AirPods now and it's, it's, it's so much easier to be able to listen in and to speak to something. Um, so I would just say, yeah, we are a community first platform. It's very participatory. And it really is centered around community being an act of self-care and spiritual and personal and mental kind of wellness. Wait, you're not going to have like, make money on Bitcoin. No, that that seems to be the dominant theme on one of those other platforms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, We haven't really (laughs) talked about like NFTs yet. You know what I mean? So so in this vein, like the other night I tuned in and did a meditation, like a self-guided meditation as I went to bed that someone was presenting. It's really lovely. So I can definitely see that component of self-care, but let's go a little bit more into like on the neurobiology of self-care, like what happens when you drop into conversation with others? And, you know, what have you learned from all the years that you've done this in terms of the impact on the individual when they're in dialogue with others? So something that, you know, there's a, a big reason behind the work that I do is because I genuinely believe that the greatest form of self-care comes from connection with others. It's from relationship. It's from when we feel safe in the presence of others when we feel seen, when we feel heard, when we feel validated, that is where, in my experience, I have had the most growth in healing from past trauma. It hasn't been easy for me to open up and lean on others. I mean, I think particularly women too, you know, we've been taught to do it all, be able to do it all. You know, we haven't been built in a culture of asking for support and asking for help. 
Um, but it's so core to who we are and what we need and what we need to do. And so if you're going through something and there's something in your head that you keep saying is in your head, right? Like you have a, you have an, a negative um, narrative in your head about money, which I certainly have had, or around sex, which I certainly have had. Um, sometimes what's the hardest part is the fact that you think you're the only person that is having this experience. And then you feel, I feel like something is wrong with me. Um, and I used to feel that way, you know, and, and, and want to present as perfect. Um, instead, when I started opening up and sharing, um, whether it's with a stranger, which there's a lot of benefits from talking to strangers versus friends who are family who could be biased, or feeling like you're able to start opening up to friends and family, which is such a beautiful step in a, in a beautiful direction, um, you start to remove that part in your brain that's like something's wrong with me or I'm broken. And you start to realize that we're all really human going through very human things. And when we do it together, you feel safe. And from that place of safety, you can thrive. You can start to grow and kind of bring your light back up. Um, and I went through a journey of, of having a very dim light. It almost was just kind of went out. Um, and it's people, very specific people that showed up in my life that helped me turn the light back on. Um, and that kind of began my relationship with loving myself and people helped me get there. And so that's really the power of, of community being uh, a form of self-care, conversation being a form of self-care. And while I am a huge fan of, of meditation, of journaling, of bathing, of walking, there is a little bit of a story that all of the self-care things we do are these things that are like done alone. It's like, go work on yourself and come back, like be on the island and come back. And I, I call into question only having self-care things that are done alone. Um, because I, again, I think you can grow a whole lot when you do it with others. Well, we are really aligned on that. I just finished a three-year training program in collective trauma healing, which speaks exactly to this question mm -hmm. that, you know, the healing, the, the damage often happens in the field between us, like in social structures and cultural structures and shared traumas of war or earthquake or whatever, or family systems. And that the healing also, the joy, the collective joy and healing happens in that space. And and I've been totally enamored of Stephen Porges' work on polyvagal theory, the sort of the, the, social, the system of social engagement, where the first thing you do is look to your fellow family members or your peers to say, am I safe? Are we okay here? Before you begin an internalized response to whatever's happening in the field that's disturbing. And so I'm totally with you on that, that that's like the next, and it, it flies in the face of toxic individualism, like the whole way of that, that we're all, that the pressure is on the individual to bootstrap themselves in an economic structure that's broken. It's almost like a emotional bootstrapping. You're expected to lift your own self up by the bootstraps when it's contained in this larger field. I love that. I love that you went there. Mm -hmm. Thank you. On, an, on a, just a personal note, I wear that Aura ring that tracks your heartbeat. Mm -hmm. I, just, I just purchased one. I love it. You can start tagging it with things. So like I noticed that if I'm sleeping with my partner in his bed, that my heart rate on average is six beats per minute lower and I sleep about an hour longer, mm. and I don't get up during the night. Like, we're co-regulating each other even in sleep. Yes, So, yes. yeah, there's a biology to it. <laughs> All yes, right, so yes. back to you. Back to you, not my story. No, I love that. Oh, my gosh, I could talk about that forever. 
So here you are. Um, how are you gonna? How do you enforce that, or have you found a need to enforce that within the platform, or is there? Is it moderated? This is this is a little bit why we're really focused on not having conversations on every topic, you know, and 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 making sure that quilt as a brand it it very clearly stands for a space for supportive conversations. That that's what you come here for, as you're navigating your day your week, your month, your life, we seek and go to community for support. Everything has been very intentional around that. So every person that we, you know, the first thousand people that joined the platform when it was in its earliest beta beta days last fall, really like lived this, whether it's being coaches or healers or, you know, people that have really leaned into certain spiritual practices um, or therapeutic practices. So I like to say that quilt, while quilt is, yes, technology, like we're really 75% human and our community has been defining our values and defining our cultural norms together. And it's one of the first things that you really notice when you come onto quilt is like, there's a way to quilt. Right. And, and when somebody comes on and maybe doesn't know that yet, it's like, oh, like I have to pick, you know, the number of times somebody says holding space or from my experience or, um, you know, we really haven't had a whole lot of people talking over one another. Um, we built in emoji reaction so that the next person who wants to speak can use a little thought bubble. And when somebody just wants to listen, they can put up an ear. And when somebody just wants to respond but doesn't want to talk over somebody, they can put a heart or a crying, laughing emoji or a hug emoji or clap. Um, so all of the things we do are super intentional. And um, by staying in this self-care oriented theme, a lot of our conversations fall under a few primary categories, which are spirituality, personal development, mental health. Then we have sex, intimacy, relationships and family, um, and then career and purpose, like as we're unpacking career and purpose and habits and routines and, and rituals kind of that ladder up to those. So coming in, you know, you join the platform and you can pick the topics that you're interested in. And, and those topics are there, you know, there's, it's 10 topics. It's not a thousand topics. It's like, this is what this is for. Um, and then you can really, you can see the calendar um, and you can experience, you know, we have ambassadors, they're self-care ambassadors, self-selected self-care ambassadors, but they're, they're really facilitating and kind of guiding the way. Um, and I like to use the term facilitation over moderation. I feel like moderation is something that plat divisive platforms have had to use in order to kind of retroactively clean up um, a potentially toxic environment that's been created. Um, and so for us from day one, it's always been about just facilitating and educating and guiding. Let's go into the more practical qualities of making good conversation. Inherent in what you're saying are sort of uh, core attitudes of respect, holding space for other people, a willingness to listen, to uh, not be what did you call it earlier to de-emphasize status for understanding? What are the qualities of the best conversationalists on your platform or in life? You know, for me, a, a conversationalist, you know, conversation doesn't happen with one person. My, my favorite conversationalists or facilitators or hosts really understand that the role is about asking a great question. 
about setting a, setting a tone, if you will, around sharing, right? So instead of me saying, like, I'm an expert in this thing, I know these things, we connect so much more to personal experience. And especially when someone has an awareness that their personal experience is not everybody's personal experience. But something gets inspired in someone to say, I'm, I've just experienced this thing. I've just felt this thing. I've just thought this thing. I've just read this thing. I want to talk about it. This is a thing that I want to talk about with other people. And I want to learn from other people. And that's how we grow. So for me, when somebody goes and opens a quilt, I, my favorites are really ones that are like uh, wanting to ask a question. It's not about having a right or wrong answer, but it's about saying, hey, I'm, I'm curious for you as you're navigating, you know, maybe it's um, grief or a relationship ending or a career changing or how to multitask um, even saying, this is my personal experience. These are the questions that I'm having and then welcoming others in you know, making that environment available so that others really feel like it's okay to disagree. It's okay to have a different perspective um, and that we're all in a space understanding that it's not personal. I don't want to build a platform where everybody has the same perspective. It's, it's very important to me that we understand that it's okay to, to think differently and to be differently and to have different um, different belief systems, but how do we show up and respect one another and use kindness as a way and and understanding as a way? Um, so I, I tend to really like the ones that get the juices flowing, that get people sharing something they never thought they'd say out loud or asking a question they never um, they'd never thought of before, just because the container, the context is so powerful that it was inspired. And then for me, my favorite conversations are the ones where we leave. We leave feeling better than when we started than before. And that's, I mean, it is it is the whole goal of Quilt is that you leave feeling better, that the conversation is supportive or validating or inspiring or, you know, you cried, you laughed, you expressed yourself in some way. But knowing that when you start a conversation, that you have you have the power to navigate it so that people feel closer to one another on the other side of it. Otherwise, you might you can just kind of have a monologue, which Sometimes just listening in is, is what someone needs as well, but it's, it's less an interactive conversation. So asking good questions, sharing from personal experience, mm-hmm. being willing to surprise yourself with a, a genuine and authentic in the moment response, not sort of, you know, having your rehearsed comeback, which is such a common thing when you're conversing, people are already thinking about their answer before the other person's finished talking. And this idea of acting with the intention of leaving people feeling better than when they started, which goes back again to that beginning comment you made around it, it's not status, it's not one-upsmanship, and so much of a competitive worldview, you know, seems to direct people in that general, you know, area rather than saying, how can I uplift my friends today? How can I be curious about their experience yeah, asking a good question isn't always easy. What is a good question? You know, I think it's it's one that can set a, a container for something or can frame something up, you know. So there's a question that was shared with me that I have gone on to, to use, which is like, what is it like to be you today? Ooh. Yeah, because, I mean, talk about personal experience, you know. Talk about like 
you kind of get out of the head immediately. It's not, there's no fact, right? So getting a conversation going open level, like what is it like to be you today? Or if you want to really go there, like why do you matter, right? If you're really going there, sometimes it could be fun to frame something up and say, okay, so we're, we're, we're talking about the year ahead. What is one word to describe how you want this year to look, how you want it to feel, um, what do you want to embody? You know, one, two, three words, a word to describe how you're feeling right now. Um, you could say, finish the sentence, you know, it's not a question, but today will have been a wonderful day of what happens, right? So you're really getting someone to think and feel into a personal experience. Or if you want to like crack open the past, you can talk about how, how do you feel like a question? How do you feel like your relationship has been, your relationship with money has been impacted by your parents' view of it? That's a question. So I, it, it depends on the topic. Yeah, you could, you could ask that with anything. You could be like, how, do, how has your understanding of sex been? How your parents related to it? How does your understanding of the environment, uh, you know, whatever. What, what's a good home? What's a healthy meal? I love all those. I really, I really love the ones that bring you into this moment, like that one you started with. What is it like to be you right now? Yep, that's beautiful. How would you? Can we do it? How How would you answer that question, <laughs> Ashley? What is it like to be you right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really, ex- I'm, I'm really excited to be here, uh, of course, and having this. Some of my favorite work is like talking about because it's so. It really is so fascinating. What is it like to be me today? You know, something I learned in the past 12 months, and it has been my experience every day of the past 12 months, is that I feel like I have felt more than one thing at one time and started to give myself permission for that. So can I be, am I like sad and excited at the same time? Yes, that has been true a lot over the past 12 months and and even in this day. Can I be tired and hopeful at the same time? Yes, I am tired. I'm a founder of a a startup that's, you know, just got venture funding and, and starting to move really quickly, but I'm so hopeful and I'm so excited. So I've been, a lot of, a lot of the work I've done in the past year has been just being really aware of and present to kind of like everything that's going on inside of me and not trying to like stop something to make something else happen. Yeah, I would say I, I, I feel all of those things in this moment and it's been really cool to, to get into that and, and really be okay with it. So what do you hope to see in, as you grow? And do you have any predictions for how conversation might change when the COVID period ends? Do you think you'll go to a hybrid model, do more in real life stuff also, or is it going to be pretty much digital from here on out? You know, for me, I, I, see, I see quilting as a daily practice. This thing like meditating and walking and journaling, it's really important to do as a foundational activity um, for your overall well-being. And because of that, I feel very committed to growing this like this digital audio-driven experience because you can start a conversation spontaneously in a moment you need to, and you can plan them, and it's it's easier to go to. And I think while we are a gender-inclusive platform, we have we have a lot of women on quilt and who are, you know, mothers and founders and, um, you know, freelancers and really busy. And so I really like how instant and supportive uh, quilting is. That said, I can absolutely see us doing 
you know, experiences. Um, I would not bring back the old model of, of a marketplace and homes, but I could absolutely see us doing, you know, retreats and camps and, um, you know, city, city meetups. So we'll see what happens there. Super looking forward to your evolution. So I'm going to tell everybody out there, brush your teeth, sit on your cushion, dance, sing at the top of your lungs, and quilt. Yes, yes, yes. That's yes, your yes. daily practice now. Yes, exactly. When I started my little self-care ritual um, thing, I realized that I've been building these self-care rituals over 20 years, and now it's a ridiculous labyrinthine dance of, <laughs> you know, how the morning gets going and how the evening gets going. But that for yes. me, those rituals yeah. really do create a, a, a very solid frame for living uh, in the day. And uh, they're, they're all kind of little biohacks, I guess, but I love your platform. Yes, exactly. So we're going to give people um, a link in the show notes to come and try it. And then yep. if you want to uh, ask one of these questions that Ashley asked, maybe we'll do, why do you matter as our hashtag question? So you can tag it with hashtag why do you matter and tag the quilt app and give us your answer and let's make it interactive in whatever way we can on any of the platforms that we're involved in. And I'm going to be participating over there a little bit and Rosebud Woman will participate also as a whole because, you know, all the women on the team are really about sexual freedom and removing people's inherited biases and shame around sexuality and sort of really stepping into and integrating the body. So I feel like that's a perfect environment to have conversations like that. Yes, I would, abso I would, absolutely, I would absolutely love uh, sparking those conversations on quilt and welcoming your your team and your community to come openly speak about it because there aren't a lot of spaces where we can openly speak about it and it's so incredibly important. I was I was thinking like if you if you had talked to me thirty years ago when I was running tech stuff, I would never have said like imagined that I would be doing women's embodiment, sexuality work. Um, but that in fact that was part of my like my greatest suffering in this lifetime was all around sex yep. and all around internalized views of my body and also yep. just gender bias in the boardroom and things like that. And that had that not been the case, how different things might've been like that, yes. you know, sort yes. of acting out of your own. I, I think I built it out of my own, much like you were saying about how therapy helped you. Like I built this company yes. out of my own deepest wounding. Yes. I feel that a hundred percent about quilt. It is, it is the space that I keep healing trauma and I keep every day I relearn the lesson to lean in to support with others versus hiding from it. And so much of my healing, the gender biases, the sexual trauma, the experiences that I've had as a, a young girl and a young woman and now a founder um, stems so much from doing that really deep work. Um, and so I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really connected to you and your story and what you've built here and such a huge fan of, of your product. I have, I have it, love it, use it. Um, and it's talked about on quilt frequently. Um, so I'm really excited. I feel like this could, is just the beginning of, of ongoing conversations that we can really crack open. Well, that was fun. Personally, I love conversations where, as Ashley says, we leave each other feeling better. So what do you think? Can you make quilting a daily practice on or offline? 
Today I intend to meditate, exercise, and make space for connection and asking good questions. So here's a question for today. Why do you matter? I'd love to hear your answer. You can tag Rosebud Woman or me, the.rose.woman, and at WeQuilt on Instagram, and hashtag it, why do you matter, and let's start a conversation. And I'd love to see you online. You can download the Quilt app at wearequilt.com and join in one of our rooms where we are talking about all kinds of things on intimate wellness, sensual wellness, sexual wellness, and being happy, being healthy, being free. So with that, may you be happy, may you be free. Remember, you're a perfect emanation of nature, always whole and always complete.